Clay, I'm going to start here with the augments because I don't know where else to start. Well, I guess this doesn't really have anything larger or more relevant to tie into. I'll sneak it in here to get rid of it. The scene where Archer talks to the Klingon captain over the voice channel where the ships are getting close to each other and he's using the translator protocol or whatever. Is yeah. that scene good or is that scene bad? Um, I think it's uh, it's amusing. <clears throat> I don't, it's amusing. I don't know. Is it, it, reminds, is it a, are you laughing at it or are you laughing with it? I'm, I'm laughing with it. I find it similar to... Uh, Han Solo talking to the storm to to the Death Star boss over the communicator when they're trying to save Leia. It's got that kind of that kind of energy to it. Mm. Not quite, I mean, not quite as explicitly funny, but like just the the way that they're looking at each other as, he, as he's talking, it, it very much feels like they're like, I can't believe this is working. Yeah, like the members uh, of read, the crew you're talking about were archers. Yeah, I think it it just goes it goes on for a long time, and archers it is, just it's a like. Long Archer reminds me of like um, drama teacher giving a lecture or something. He's like walking around the sets, you know, like shaking hands with Reed, patting people on the back as he's talking about things. Um, I I think it's kind of pointless. And I don't know. Maybe I didn't think it was bad, but it maybe wasn't funny enough for me to to be so long in the, the tooth with it, really. Mm-hmm. I, I might mm-hmm. be picking on it. I just It struck me. When I was watching the episode, it just struck me as like, this is a weird scene. This is a strange one that they're just going to sneak sure in here on us and, and have it go through. And the other, even the way um, Archer's delivering his lines, I don't think Bacula does a great job. He's, how how dare you, sir, ask me where I belong? I am Klingon and I belong wherever I need to be. And the other Klingon's just like, <laughs> oh, sorry, didn't, didn't, mean, didn't, mean, to, didn't really? mean to throw any shade at you. Really, really making sure going over overdoing it a bit, talking about how the by the ridges on my Klingon head, <laughs> which I have. <clears throat> I like that. Uh, the final thing too, it does not translate kapla. Kapla just is. Yeah, it just yes. comes through no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that was I. That was the the part that I liked when he says kapla, and then he kind of like looks at Reed, and Reed kind of is like. <laughs> <laughs> Hoshi, get on that. Tell me what that one's about. We're going to be talking about the augments today. It is the f- sixth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on November 12th, 2004. Three out of three in the Soong Augments arc. We're at the end of this trilogy. It is three out of nine in the overall Augments arc, written by Michael Sussman, directed by LeVar Burton. First time directing Brent Spiner. Uh, from LeVar Burton in a very long time. In-universe date, May 27th, 2154. Archer says the dates in this episode. In this one called The Augments, Dr. Soong's augments require additional augments, em- acquire additional augments embryos, as well as biological weapons from Cold Station 12. A desperate plan is devised to use the biological weapons to foment a war between the Klingons and Earth in an attempt to flee Earth's control forever. Clay, mm. to... Let me know how I think about this episode. Who's the main character of this trilogy? Of this of the trilogy, I think. This episode in the trilogy. I think they're the same, but let me know if you think they're different. The main character of the the trilogy and episode. Yeah, who's who's the central character of this trilogy? Uh, I guess it would be Soong. Okay. I would agree it's Soong. Yeah. Um and after we after we came off a very strong episode in Cold Station 12, where I was like, wow, they really gave Soong some pathos, and I really feel for this guy. 
I, I really got the sense that, and I hope the rest of the trilogies as we're moving through this season of Enterprise aren't like this. I really got the sense that this script is a trilogy that's written by three different people who had different ideas as to what was going on in each episode of the trilogy. Um, okay. I, th- yeah. I thought that Soong in this one is schizophrenic in a bad way, in a character way. I think that his actions and his desires are contradictory towards what he's been talking about. And I think that the way he is in this episode actually does damage to not only the episode, but the trilogy as a whole. And I get a real sense that this felt like three different people with slightly different takes on what this overall arc was supposed to be. And this last one was not somewhere that I was hoping it was going to end up. Not that it's a terrible episode, but that I, it left me a little bit deflated by the end of this, with the way that the things wrap up in this one. Uh, do you want to elaborate on the the differences between songs that you felt were sure. there in the, the, these three episodes? So Soong in Cold Station two, uh, 12 is a character who is uh, wants to do the right thing, but deeply cares for his children, doesn't want to hurt mm-hmm. anybody, but is unsure of how to go about achieving the things that he wants out of these situations without using the violence that his children are prone to use. He turns into this one, and here he is much more portrayed as a caustic figure to the augments he's portrayed as a father that's maybe not got his head screwed on straight and is sort of like abusive in some ways towards them he's a very authoritarian parent towards towards the augments he likes to order them around and things like that he basically flip-flops on them and he ends up just going to join the other ship to be on the enterprise for a little bit after a little bit of time and then at the end of it after all this is said and done, and he's talked about his children and he's doing all of this to protect his children, the end of it, his final thing is, well, you know, my children died. Maybe I should build robot children. Maybe that's just a better way to go about doing things like that. I don't get the sense that he was... I thought that they undid his relationship as he viewed them as actual people and as something important to them in this episode. And they instead portrayed him as more calculating than that, which I was kind of hoping that they maybe would, but I don't think this is the way to go about it. I thought that they kind of shot themselves in the foot and he doesn't, he doesn't seem to me to be as consistently drawn through all three episodes of this arc. I think that he ends up in a place where I I no longer feel that he's a character I feel sympathetic towards at the end of it. And I don't think he deserves that. And I I don't think the script wanted him to be in that position. Yeah, I would say the 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 way that he's portrayed in the first episode bothers me more than the way that he's portrayed in this one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um this one I, I I think I think where uh things get a little bit choppy is you you need to have this power struggle between him and Malik. <clears throat> and so in order to facilitate that, they have to make it seemed like there is a power struggle and 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 that Sung is in control in in some sense um and maybe that doesn't quite line up with the way he played him in the in the last one but i don't know if it's if it's that far off um his goal of <clears throat> just trying to find a planet 
Like I, I don't think I don't think there's too much. I don't think it's too far off from the way they played him in the last episode with, with having him be just looking for a planet where they can just exist versus Malik who wants to actively commit genocide in order to uh, ensure that a, a, a galactic war uh, breaks out to, to cover their tracks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I do think the final scene undercuts his character a bit for the sake of a, of a, of a connection. Yeah. For, for the sake of handing, handing the baby off to Bail Organa sequence at the end of, uh, revenge of the Sith, you know? Yeah. Like that's not like, that's, that's not a, a, a thread that needed to be tied up. And I was actually kind of disappointed. They didn't go all the way with it and have him be like, uh, you know, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll try artificial life because, the technology's there. It's just we need all the data. <laughs> you know, turn, look dun, into the dun, camera dun. when he says it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I hated I that. that scene, I hated the ending <clears throat> sequence. I hated that. Yeah, I, I hated think, everything that, about that. Yeah, I think that under undercuts him a bit uh, because everything else he was doing was. Well, I think I think the biggest problem is that when it comes to the the, the climax of this story having him on the enterprise does you no good because ultimately what he's been trying to do is preserve these embryos and he he, he basically just ensures that they're going to die he, he they try to uh they he makes like a a passing gesture at trying to save them but he's like what about the embryos and they're like yeah it's not looking good and he's like well Oh well. Yeah. Well, th- um, that ties into my the final scene. Like, I know that I mentioned it in the last one that I was unsure if Soong is treating these augments as they're his children, or if he is using the word children to describe how they represent his work and how things could have been sure. for him professionally. I get, I get the sense that the show isn't aware of that split in how soon could be portraying them because every scene where he's on the enterprise he's like malik no live damn it like we can't kill them all and it's like okay so i think that they're trying to write him as he cares for them as people even though he's trying to stop them from what they're ultimately trying to do but at the very end he is completely callous about the fact that they're dead he's just like well what are you going to do i guess i'll build some robot kids because those things will probably last a little bit longer than these meat sacks over here that got blown up (laughs) And I, I think that you can't program children to do what you want, so you may as well build ones you can. And I, I think that at the end, if they had more cleverly or more um, forcefully shown the difference, which is that Soong is actually callous and only cares about them because they represent his life's work. And so when it dies, Arch is a little bit disappointed in him, actually, because he doesn't treat them like people he treats them more like they were just something they were proof of they were the the proof was in the pudding that soong's work is going to mean something down the line then archie can be disappointed by him at the end there i just i really didn't like the end because they're doing that to tie in in a very strange way right because if you're a fan of the series you know what the relationship is here with soong in the the next series the tng series right if you're not a fan Everything he does and says at the end, you're like, "What the fuck is he talking about? Like, why is he going to be a ro- why is he going to be a ro- robot children?" So I yeah, thought it was just yeah. unnecessary. I just 
there could have been something more um, artistic about it. Like, you know, you can hint at it by, I was trying to think of something the best I could come up with. Like, is he looks, he talks to Archer and he's just like, no, no, no parent should ever have their children die before them. I want to live in a world where their parents, where children are always going to outlive their their parents, you know, and that kind of sure, that hints sure. at the android thing a little bit down the line, and it's a little bit more in line with what this soon is supposed to be about. But yeah. I just don't think that the show really understood what he is. Like, do you think he treats the augments as children, or do you think that he only selfishly cares about their um, existence as uh, exemplary of him and his ideas? Um, <clears throat> that's a good. That's a good question. I think. I think the ending makes it seem like the latter, where it's where he treats it more like a, an example, exemplary of his own work. And I do think that undercuts anything else that they've tried to do with him, which is a shame because uh, what they had done in the previous episode was really nice, and they they kind of they kind of have a couple conversations in this episode that they try to to broach some uh, some interesting topics but it never really they don't really do much with it yeah um yeah i would say i i, I do think it's one of those things where the ending kind of undoes any any goodwill that they they do um with with him beforehand what i probably would have done differently because i do think it's awkward to have him on the enterprise and and have things play out the way they do <clears throat> i would probably have had him be forcibly jettisoned like say, uh, uh, Malik is going to kill him or something, and like they they do the uh, the old uh, mutiny there, and then the girl convinces him not to kill him because it's oh it's your father or blah 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 or whatever, and so they forcibly jettison him out, and then the Enterprise picks him up, and so in the climax there you've got him trying to get back onto the bird of prey in order to save whatever he can instead of just like looking at it through the view screen being like, Ugh, maybe we shouldn't have shot him so hard. Mm. Um, it also saves you the clunkiness of getting Malik onto the enterprise at the end, which was kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like it also, it, it kind of tied, it would kind of tie everything up a little bit better as far as the characterization, because if you've got, if you take what he, what he does in the first episode, which is he's got this sort of like cunning, escape artist kind of tendency and you use that to get him you know he uses his cunning to disable the 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 ship and then to get over to the back over to the uh uh you know he knocks knocks karate chops somebody and energizes himself over onto the bird of prey or something yeah um you know you get a little bit of that stuff in there and plus he's got a goal he's going after which he's trying to save the embryos uh you can have a, the the confrontation with malik be a little bit more um uh have a little bit more attention to it and it just gets weird like adding the um <clears throat> adding the thing in about them i know i'm kind of going all over the place here but the the element of the uh germ bomb being taken off the table so quickly kind of i it it kind of leaves a vacuum of 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 things to happen i guess like the, the tension is kind of gone so then you mean when they shoot that, it that, when they shoot the yeah they, out they the photon yeah. torpedo it and then they destroy they mess up the uh uh, uh the bird of prey and then mm. 
it's like, well, something else needs to happen, so they have to kind of figure out, well, let's just have Malik show up in the Enterprise. We know how he got there. Yeah. Um, I was surprised so they managed I, to shoot the bomb out of the sky. That seems like the thing that misses, and then they have to come up with something. I, sure. I, I know what yeah. you mean. It's like a, it's a quick solution that leaves them with a, a couple minutes of screen time that they have to fill somehow. Yeah, I think I think what they were trying to do is I think they were going for a Wrath of Khan callback, yeah, especially in that shot of the uh, the, the bridge, damaged. yeah, yeah, where he's you know crawling out and he's got all the shit over him and like, but the twist is he gets onto the Enterprise, whereas mm-hmm. Khan couldn't get out of, onto the Enterprise. <clears throat> but I yeah I understand I I understand what the reference they're going for, but I don't think it it really works thematically. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you've got like because yeah if 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 the point of these episodes is about these augments and should they be able to live and you've got Sung and you've got Malik and they've got two very different diverging opinions about what that means. It feels like that should be the core of your, your climax is these two characters fighting over the future of these, these people where, or something. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really play out that way. And I think, and I think, I think removing Sung cause we last episode, if I remember correctly, we both thought he was going to die. We thought he was yes. going to go down with the ship trying to save them or something. And honestly, and that, when they got to the end, I thought Malik was going to break his neck and then get shot by Archer. And that, like they would both yeah. die in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, playing it out the way they do, they really kind of neuter him from the story a, a bit by having him on the Enterprise and just sort of like hanging around while they, they fix stuff. Yeah. Um, not giving a great so, yeah. performance either from Spiner. I don't, I don't think Spiner can do anguish well. It's not an emotion that he seems to play authentically. I don't think it always mm-hmm. seems like he's acting when he's doing it. Um, so it, it's doubly bad that he's stuck in a weird situation and having to play a role that I don't think is suited for him as an actor. Um, the, so it's funny that you mentioned the con thing. I, I think they are going for a con. Uh, relationship or a con sort of um, callback or something like that because as we mentioned in the previous episode uh, the way that Malik talks to Archer is very reminiscent of how Khan would talk to Kirk about things but Mm -hmm. the problem is that those two don't have a relationship where in Wrath of Khan the whole like the whole reason that Khan becomes unable to use his superior intellect and his superior strength is because he's obsessed with Kirk, right? So Kirk is like clouding his ability to do anything else other than try to find him. And I thought that here, the problem to me is that towards the end, when I, again, when I, when Malik beams on the enterprise and he grabs Soong by the neck and I'm like, Oh, he's definitely going to kill him. And that's going to be like the ending to this where they both die uh, because Archer shoots Malik after Malik kills Soong. That to me is, the way that the con reference would work because if, if at that point you, what they should have or what it seemed to me that they could have been doing before then is positioning the Malik and Soong father-son relationship as much more complicated and complex than just kind of each of them not liking being told what the, the other one telling them to do something they're like I don't like being told what to do by this guy this didn't strike me as the right thing if there was yeah. more of a a relationship there which would call back to Khan being clouded by his vengeance and wrath for Kirk. Like if there was that in the father-son relationship with these two at the end, it'd be like, okay, I understand why Malik is not doing the right smart thing of just walking away from this and going living off on his own because he has to he has to get back at his father, and that's the very end of it. But I don't think that 
for the episode that I thought was positioned as the episode where we're going to get all of the dirt between Malik and Soong, they're going to have a lot of conversations. I don't think they ever portray those characters as any kind of interesting uh, back and forth between the two. They just really don't like no. talking to each other or telling each other what to do. There's nothing deeper than, I think I'm in charge, you think you're in charge, let's hash it out. Like There's no, yeah. there's no subtext or anything, which I think is kind of I- a, a missed opportunity. I can't believe that uh, Malik killing Augie, the weakest Augment, didn't show up. <laughs> Udar, a, yeah, Udar in the second episode. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He, he should have been named Augie. That would have been great. Smike. Smike and Augie. Augie, the weakest Augment. Um, but like, I can't believe that didn't come up again. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a, a, a Made point, that character like, totally pointless. Totally pointless yeah, the, for Udar. Yeah. It came up like it the only thing that that sparked that kind of uh argument or disagreement between the two was when he said that he killed archer yeah and who gives a shit if he kills archer <laughs> right from their point of you view you know sung yeah. sung shouldn't really like i mean it should be a it should it should be like a a discussion they have but it shouldn't be like a a falling out moment probably and uh which they kind of treated in this episode he's like ugh. <clears throat> I'm really disappointed, but don't kill anybody else. All right, now let's get yeah. the hell out of here and just move on. <laughs> That's yeah. that was that was my favorite part of that scene. Is, he's, is he doesn't say nobody dies. He says nobody dies without telling me first. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> I see how this works. Or when, nobody dies without my express permission or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. I I couldn't believe it didn't come up again. Um. Because I was almost, I was almost certain that that was going to be the the turning point of their relationship was going to be that he killed uh, Augie. There. Soon gives like a "Where's Wallace" from the Wire reading. He's like, "Yeah, where exactly. the fuck, where the fuck is Udar, Malik?" <laughs> yeah, it just it doesn't doesn't happen. <laughs> um, Malik walks him over, walks him down into where his his car is parked and the projects, and opens up the trunk, and they get the. <laughs> The Jackie Brown <laughs> shot where he's like, there he is inside the trunk. Yeah, they don't they don't do that. I but you know what like do you know what I mean? Where I thought this was going to I thought this one, if they weren't gonna kill Soong early, which I thought could have been an opportunity or could have been a possibility, I thought, oh, if they're keeping him alive, this has to be a battle of because the the conflict here is between Malik and Soong, really. Archer is just right, chasing yeah. them. Like he's he's yeah. it's his show, so he has to be there. But he's really just chasing that ship, and he doesn't have anything to add to any of this. So Malik and Soong need to talk to each other, and I'd be fine with it not happening if Soong's character arc was better and more consistent. Because at that point, I can be like, all right, the augments can just be cardboard. Like they can just mm-hmm. be this thing that Soong is obsessed with. And as long as the story is focusing entirely on how Soong's development is over the course of these three episodes and how he uh, develops as a character and sort of we learn a lot about him and what his goals and what his drive are and what he why he's choosing to protect them, what he really thinks about these things, whether or not his science is more important than the kids and stuff like that, that would have been fine. But they don't play it that way so it makes the augments seem even more pathetic by the end of it that they don't really yeah. have a good point of view or reason to do anything at all and it comes like one fact i noticed is that apparently in the british cut of this because the british british television system is run by like 16th century puritans they cut <laughs> out the persis death scene entirely so the girl dying in this episode oh. is removed oh. from the british area really 
So the last you see of her is she lets Soon go, right? That's okay. Which is strange, yeah. but if you think about it, killing her actually doesn't really accomplish anything for Malik. There is no, no change that once he kills her, you're like, oh, now he's unfeathered uh, control of the ship or anything. So in the British version, you might be like, I wonder what happened to her, but you're not you're not confused by her lack of a presence. You, you might be confused, but you won't be like, what the hell's going on with the story? Where did she go? And I think that that really sums up the problem of the augments, which is that they don't have a conflict within themselves at all. It's just they're killing each yeah. other for whatever reason. You know, it's not good enough. Yeah, they they try to position the augments, and especially Malik, as being I. Maybe they wouldn't say this if you if you asked them point blank, but I feel like they are trying to make the augments and specifically Malik worthy of Khan. Yeah, and the problem is they don't do anything. Like Malik doesn't really have like an ethos yeah. so much, and he doesn't take that much action to do anything because you've got this uh sung character who's kind of like you can't be a leader when there's another leader in, around you know what i mean so sung sung being the main character of everything is kind of taking a lot of the screen time and a lot of the steam as the leader of the augments which makes them kind of fall by the wayside so all you're left with is these just like empty scenes of plotting and stuff and and uh talking about survival of the fittest or whatever and it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't lend itself to anything like you, you, i'm not i don't care about malik or any of them by the end of this and no. arguably for this story to really work you should care you should be interested in the point of view of the augments but there really isn't one no their only um, thing is that superior what do they say superior Oh, genetics superior, breeds superior ambition. Superior ability, ability breeds superior ambition. Yeah, which I think Khan says. I think that's something that Khan says. And I think yeah, it's, it's, I I liked I liked that line because but, but all that they've got going for like the, the so that is what's driving Malik. Like that's his point of view. Yeah. That's his ethos or whatever. It's just really flimsy because all that means is he doesn't want to be told what to do by soon. That's that's literally all that it comes yeah. down to is what Malik's about. And I, I just well, don't think that's that's all that good. Even even more than that, though, is uh, it kind of almost takes away any agency he has from any of the decisions that he makes. Mm -hmm. Because the the way that that line comes up is, I think Archer says it, or someone says it to Sung, and the point that they're making is essentially they're not acting weird. This is the way that they were built to act. Yeah, you know, this is why the eugenics war happened because they've, right. they've been bred this way. Right, which then is taking kind of taking the agency away. I I think it's Archie who says it. Maybe it's not. It is. If, he's talking to Trippin to Paul. I think later on. Yeah. I don't think he's talking to Soon about it. Well, okay. So if it's Archie who says it, what what they're basically doing is essentially uh, there's lots of really interesting. You know, we were talking about the the pro life angle you could take on the last episode there's some really interesting angles you could take on this too with lines like that where it's like okay well you know uh you i mean some people just are are evil by nature and there's nothing yeah. you can do to to fix that and uh or uh the the one interesting genetic manipulation beat that they hit early on um where sung is 
talking about uh, uh, adjusting the embryos and yeah, he wants to make them less violent. Around. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, honestly, I, I think it's a tough. I think it's a tough call because I think that scene actually does inform the last scene because that scene does make the augments play more like he they are a work in progress that he is continually trying to adjust and perfect and so when you get to the end his realization is well you can't perfect that which is naturally imperfect yeah Uh, you have to build it from the ground up um but that that idea that the uh uh the problem with genetic manipulation is where does it where does it stop? What does perfection mean? And right. whose idea? Whose concept of perfection? Yeah, yeah perfection is uh, is in the eye of the of the beholder, if you will. Yeah, um, that's the. I think that's the problem with it because I really like that argument between Malik and Sung, where it's like, who are you, who who gave you the right to edit their genome or whatever is his argument yeah, against yeah. them? Sung also again, has a consistent point of view where he's trying to do the good thing. He's trying to do the right thing and he's running up against people who disagree with the way that he's going about it. I I think that the, the biggest letdown about this entire trilogy is that it, the eugenics and the augments are kind of stuffed with really interesting symbolism and themes, from be it like the pro-life thing that the that Starfleet couldn't bring themselves to kill the, the eugenics warriors. They just st- shot them off into space and hope for the best. Down yeah, to this yeah. one about like what's the right of like you know, quote unquote, playing God with someone's genome. It's like, is at what point is it allowable to do these sort of edits to things down to the determinationism versus free will, whether or not you can actually choose to do what you want to do and whether or not other people have to give you a chance to make your own choice. Um, but it's an enterprise thing. And I know that I, I just beat this drum constantly, but it's enterprise isn't the series that's interested in this stuff. Enterprise is like, sure, we're going to chase the ship. Arch is going to chase right. them, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, I guess. So So what you have instead are just these random like salt and pepper sprinklings of scenes where characters start to talk about something and then they're like, I got to go. And they just like Archer and Flocks in the last episode, Malik and Soong in this one. Something always comes up and interrupts the point that they're talking about and they right, have to go right. chase somebody, you know, and it's that's an enterprise thing and it disappoints me on a, on a series level. Yeah. And well, in this one also, you get the most awkwardly placed let's check in on T'Pol and Trip scene I think they've mm-hmm. done <laughs> not the time well, not the time guys no. we, can, we can wait until next episode really strange really really strange that they put that in this episode because like it doesn't there's no like thematic linking or anything no. it's just let's the cut away from the too. proceedings yeah, yeah. And, and see how they're how they're dealing with stuff I actually what do you think about that storyline yeah what do you think about that I thought the scene itself was played pretty well. Like I, I actually really liked the way uh, um, Jolene Blaylock played, standing there, not saying something, clearly wanting to say something, and yeah. then she left and then stopped and came back. I thought she, I thought that was really well done. <laughs> yeah, because um, that's, I mean, that's that's a feeling I think everybody recognizes or has had, where it's like there's something left to say. You're standing there now. It's getting awkward now. If you say it, it's going to be weird. You may as well leave. Ah! But you really got to say it to come back. Gotta say it. Yeah, um, I thought they were both good. You I know, it's like Connor when you're Trainer going in good, to ask too. for when you're asked for an uh, extra extra time off on your vacation with your boss. It's like, well, do I <laughs> say it? I, I should say it. <laughs> I'll just email him the night before. Yeah. Um, 
Connor Trenier is good in that scene too. It's it's again, it's weird. I don't know if this is the time or place, but they they needed a scene to fill between the two of them. I'm like, imagine if instead of just being like, "Hey, I'm proud of you for going through with that wedding you didn't want to go through with," if they had talked about like having kids or something, like not mm-hmm. with each other, but like that was the genesis where it's like something that is kind of a a discussion assume, about something. Augments, yeah, yeah, it's related. Yeah, to it. so so you so you start talking about augmenting genomes and stuff. Be, if you're having kids, and then one of them is like, "Well, if we had kids," and they're like, "Well, wait a minute," you know. So like you get you can get into that stuff a little bit more naturally, awkwardly. I guess the way yeah. to put that would be, uh, yeah. instead of just dropping this quick aside uh, in the middle of your eugenics war. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. I don't have anything else to say about those two. Hopefully this hopefully this amps up or concludes somehow soon. Um they've been just sprinkling in scenes about it and it's not it's not going anywhere so they need to find a place to either uh get off the ride or turn the ride into something else. Um I don't have anything else to say about the augments either. Um and the Enterprise Archer chasing them is all well and good, you know. Like they they shoot down the Klingon thing. Where they're friends with the Klingons now. At that point, I I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of tapped out on this episode. But I I think maybe in the context of the overall trilogy, I think the second part was definitely the best part, and yeah. I think that this yeah. third part fell a little bit more into just. I remember in the second one in the the uh, Cold Station Twelve, I was saying that it felt like an an episode of the Enterprise that the show had never done before. It was it was kind of a a writing and a scene construction that was like this feels really alien to this series. This one was the exact opposite, where it is the ship chasing something, a character kind of changes heart halfway through. There's going to be a little bit of a shootout at the end, and then there's the kind of the resolution. It felt much more traditional to what this series does, and it's not a traditional thing that I'm interested in. Uh, in it whenever it attempts to do it so it was it was not it was not the ending that i was hoping for but i wasn't really sure where else they could go with it yeah um i would say yeah i I wish they had just changed the layout of the ending a bit more and and had it end with the focus on what the story was but you know i was just thinking about it now it's and i don't really know if the song that we get is that different because you can argue that his uh his motivation has always really been about preservation of his work more than it has been about preservation of these people as humans like yeah he calls them yeah. like you're saying he calls them his kids but even in the last episode he's saving them all all his entire these three episodes his entire uh appearance in the show is launched off of him going i have all this work but they just keep throwing it out so i wish for once that my work could be preserved yeah Yeah. it ends that way too yeah so i i guess i guess you could say that he's not that i think does the the show uh, does the show hit that hard enough to make that a point of contention like i i agree that it's i don't think so i think he i think he has both motivations going for him but i think in a in a series that understood what its point was, I feel that the final scene is Archer talking about that with him, but Archer yes. isn't talking yeah. about that with him. And so it leads me to believe that the show doesn't really think about it. And I think, honestly, I think it's just, 
I think it's too subtle to be for yeah. enterprise. That's an extremely subtle and, thing to do, you know. And also that that uh, that end sequence also kind of under undercuts that through line as well because Archer's like, "Don't worry, we're saving it all this time." Like he didn't right. learn anything. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> Ar- Sung hasn't become a better person after this experience. That's a, that's if a the good idea Archer. Is, yeah, if the idea is that he's done all this because he's pissed off that his his work keeps getting destroyed, and then at the end Archer's like, "Yeah, we're not destroying your work anymore. I guess mission accomplished. I guess." Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, yeah. So it is. I do think it is a little bit, uh, a little bit muddled in in certain themes and stuff when you get to this one, which is tough. Which is too bad because the uh, um that that second one seemed like it was so spot on as to what they were trying yeah. to do. Um, and as far as the like, I I feel like this is still, while it's not the ending that you probably wanted, I do think it is still a pretty good ending episode for Enterprise. Like I think the stuff they end up doing is very much of Enterprise as a show. Um, but I thought most of it worked pretty well. It didn't it didn't feel as incessant or uh, uh, obligatory. Or yeah. gratuitous, I guess, as it has in the past. I'd agree with that. And to go back to Just like your, everything... Sorry, I was just going to say, everything they do kind of has a point of moving the story forward. It's not just yeah. running around hallways shooting each other and stuff. Yes. that. Yes, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, to be clear about the earlier point, my preferred arc for Soong, now that I've seen this entire thing, is that over the course of the events, it's revealed that he cares more about these things as a reflection on himself and his work, which to me... Sure is thematically how the Soong family has kind of been. Like, that is their thing, and that's why, you know, Data as an android is very strange. Like, making androids in a guy's image is a strange thing to do. There's a god complex amongst the the Soong family. And that would have provided better argument for Malik to hate Soong, you know? And so, like, there's, there's something there. And I wish they had just... I wish that arrow had been a straight shot through the things. It felt if it did feel again like three different writers came in with three different perspectives on what this was supposed to be, and it never really meshed with uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one, the one thing that I didn't really like in this, I, well, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a coin flip. It, it didn't land for me. Was when Malik was arguing with sung about going to this planet and just running away and he then he starts talking about the botany bay and like mm-hmm. they, they very specifically explain what the botany bay is and then sung is like the botany bay is a myth and then malik's like well even if it isn't a myth even if it is a myth it doesn't matter the point is that khan ran away because he was a <laughs> pussy <And> it's, <laughs> it's like he just, did you just call khan Noonie and sing a pussy <laughs> Yeah, he didn't, uh, know. He didn't know the guy. And it's just, I just thought it was so funny that they make all this explanation and then Soong is like, it might be a myth. And then they just kind of hand wave and be like, well, yeah, it might, it might be a myth. We don't know. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just helping me make this point that this one guy who's the grand leader ran away and it's it's a bad look for us. Before we go to final thoughts, a lot of references in this episode. I think more than the previous two episodes in this trilogy, a lot of references in handholding and connection making to previous canon egregious okay did you want more um well i was happy to see the return of the d5 which apparently seems to be something across every series that is important (laughs) this that discovery scene oh fuck that show (laughs) we've unveiled Um, the d5 (laughs) 
<laughs> Sir, we, we don't have the letter D in our Klingon language. <laughs> what is that? What is a, what is a D5? Um, I, you know, I, I didn't like the data scene at the end. I, I thought that was a bit too cute. Um, yeah. The Botany Bay thing, I think, was. Listen, at least at the end, he didn't start sketching. I know he started writing. I thought he was going to sketch data. Yeah, he's going to draw himself. Yeah, he didn't do that. Um, Yeah, he didn't do that. Uh, They stopped just short. I I was almost certain that they were going to work the word data into that final speech. Yeah, lore, something like that. Yeah. You could work all of it. Um, Yeah. Bunny Bay, as you said, was egregious, you thought, or like it was was their necessary calling it out. I, I felt this episode was. Let's make sure everyone knows what we've been talking about for the past three hours. So let's let's yeah. explicitly say what these connections are. I didn't I didn't think it served anything for the reason I said before. If you're a fan, you understand it. If you don't, if you're not a fan, you're like, who cares about this stuff? This is irrelevant details. Yeah, I I I, I liked the visual callback of uh, after the ship gets damaged to the to the busted up bridge and having him climb over the seat and stuff. I thought that was that was fun. Like that's that's yeah. like deep cut stuff that. You know, if you if you know, you know, but it doesn't really affect anything. Some of the other stuff did feel a little bit too handholdy for me. Mm. Um, and also, I I think the bigger problem, and a pro- where this stuff becomes a problem in a way that I don't really find it a problem on, say, like uh, lower decks, is both of those references, whether it's the Botany Bay or the Data thing, feel like they are happening. Um, at the expense of the story, like you, like you're saying that that ending with the data reference doesn't feel like it tracks with the story that they've told up to that point. Yeah, the Sumer um, character that and, we've seen to that point. Yeah, yeah, and the Botany Bay thing also doesn't really seem like it tracks with what they're super doing well. With yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's like it's like they said it's like it's like Malik just talks for five minutes describing the Loch Ness Monster and then Sung goes the Loch Ness Monster is a myth and then Malik goes well even if it is a myth the point is he's a survivor he's slimy you know? it's like what yeah 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 exactly they do they do mention the briar patch which is the thing that was in Star Trek Insurrection and just coincidentally oh, really? the, the game that I've been streaming the past couple <laughs> nights Star Trek Hidden <laughs> Evil takes place in the briar patch so it's like I'm no just kidding. being overloaded with this thing yeah it's Weird well references. it's nice to know that that his nickname managed to stick somehow <laughs> <laughs> it's true all right let's wrap he's it up been, then sung i don't know if you've gone by sung's cell lately but he's been saying this briar patch thing to anyone who will listen <laughs> thank you very much for listening everybody if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash the pensky file is the best way to do it a couple bucks a month you get extra podcasts you get the ability to vote in the polls that decide what we talk about you get extra videos you get uh, a whole bunch of stuff. There's like the behind the scenes. There's the Discord access. You get Clay and Amanda's Friday the 13th series, which is ongoing. Whole bunches of stuff. There's like 100 plus podcasts on there. So Patreon.com. bargain. It is. It, it's at this steal. point, it is. Patreon.com slash The Penske File. And as always, our special thank you goes to our Captain Tier supporters, who are 
Samuel Custer, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Andrew Cholog, Matt Ross, Christian Pouch, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Santo, Sean, Bradley Killens, Brandon Howells, Dwayne Hackett, Vault 13 Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Stephen Minton, HH28, Darth Moss, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jig123, Point Extra G, Patrick Seba, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Santuan, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Rahan Jaffer, Nick the Rat, Diz Breda, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Olivier Pardieu, Edmark Star, Grappler John Zorn, Retail, Tom Hickey, e- Jose Hunter, ZWNF Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Beal, Jonas, Tommy Tango, Two Vicks Must Die, Chris McLaughlin, and Mutilated Puppet. Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting the show. And you want to know, yes. know how much of a deal this is? What is it, five bucks or something? Five, there's a tiered system. Either way, mm-hmm. let's say it's five dollars mm-hmm. for the lowest tier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many hours are there in a month? There's 730 hours roughly in a month. So even if you wanted to pay five dollars and just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through everything they have, I don't think you can do it. I think we have more content than there are hours <laughs> that, in a month. That is possible. Before, that is- <laughs> before you would re-up. I don't think you could do it. It'd be an unreasonable amount of content to consume. You'd get fat. (laughs) (laughs) And just to make sure that that's true, every episode of Rotten Horror Picture Show will now be two hours long from here here on out. We're getting there anyway. So The podcast will just start being like those CDs that have the last track that has two minutes of silence before like a little hidden song (laughs) pops in at the end. That's that's what everything's going to be. Thank you very much, patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Now let's go to patron comments. If you're a patron at the $5 and up level that Clay mentioned, you can leave a comment on the episode and upcoming episodes, and we read them on this podcast. This one's called The Augments, which results in a huge amount of matches just because of how generic a title it is, unfortunately. So I'll get through this the best I can. And also, Ray Jaffer um, put up that clip on Twitter, Clay, about his jokes where you uh, react to them. <laughs> it also made me realize that I read these very quickly, mostly because I'm trying to get out in under an hour, but uh, I'll try to slow it down a little bit. Well, he shouldn't have put that up because now I'm just going to no-sell everything, every crazy thing that he writes. You might and just you like might nod tell. along and be like, mm, yes, Maybe. good point. <laughs> good point about Archer and his French dog. Cal Barrett says, the augments. Whatever accent Alec Newman thinks he's doing is really starting to annoy me now. After two strong episodes, the arc begins to fall apart and proves that it probably should have been a two-parter. While I like the character motivations and dynamics, the chase drags on for too long. The writers throw several unnecessary obstacles in the way to fill out the runtime. Also has big lower decks energy and becomes the reference fest it was previously holding at bay. Thematically, as part of a season all about humanity's growth towards the superior people we see in TOS and beyond, this works as an initial grounding arc, but the episode sadly sees the destruction of the augments purely as an action climax, fails to really comment on what it means and what it represents. 2.5 stumbles at the final hurdle out of five. I, I do have to say, as far as like artificially throwing obstacles in the way that sequence where they have to use the grappling hook to tear the yeah, cell a, off i don't know i don't know what the hell was going on there really strange <laughs> i i actually rewound it and watched it again because i didn't realize i like had i had looked down for a minute and i didn't realize it was a different bird of prey i should have because i think it was the d5 and everybody knows what that looks like of course yeah um and so I'm like, they're using the grappling hook to, I mean, that's kind of interesting to pull the wing off of this thing. And then I went back and watched it again. And I was like, oh, this is a, a second ship that never shows up again, but they have to stop in the middle of their chase in order to grappling hook the side of the <laughs> ship off because they can't shoot it because like their shields will go up or something. Yeah. I forget what it is. Yeah. But it was just a really, 
I think really their front weapons side. are disabled or something. Yeah, I, I, the thing that stuck out to me was to Paul's like the sheer forces are increasing. And I was like, how how is there sheer in space? Am I misunderstanding what sheer is? I thought sheer was like if you're going against wind and it's tearing the wing of a plane off or something. You know? Oh sure, there can't ah, be sheer in a, space. Maybe there's a space a space version Star of Trek it equivalent. <laughs> that yeah, was they bad. just they, they just just adjust all the 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 earth terms that they would use in the navy to the to space right yeah uh, leagues uh, it's uh light years and set of leagues and stuff um you, you this is only tangential what you're talking about but like the 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 soon having to switch spaces from the klingon ship to the enterprise i thought was extremely clunky where he you know they jettison him in the pod and then you see like two like three seconds of him like piloting the pod or whatever and then it starts shaking and it's the enterprise that's docking with it but it just cuts immediately to him talking to archer you know it's just like all right we got this guy get him the fuck back on the ship and we'll, we'll take care of this right. and stuff like that yeah. just very quick yeah i i don't know if you needed to to get him off the ship at all i think he i regardless of whether or not you remove him from the ship i think he should have been on that ship at the end sure Point Extra G says, the first mini arc shows that this idea has promise. Using arc, Soong is pretty much just stunt casting, but Brent Spiner is great, and it's a good story overall. Diving a bit deeper into the eugenics wars fallout is an interesting idea, especially for a prequel series. But wait, he's not dead. Moloch's surprise. That and I guess I'll build androids, wink, wink, are both a bit lame. He's going to build androids. Thomas Darnell says, it sort of works, I guess. I've never liked the assertion that superior ability breeds superior ambition when we clearly see the opposite play out in real life. I do like that point. Even Lore rarely has any ambition beyond vengeance and doing whatever he pleases. Huh, artificial intelligence, yes. Let me take on a new field. Three out of five. It's true. Some of the most <laughs> smartest people I know are the laziest fucking people I know. Uh, let's see here. That's... That's why I pride myself on my laziness because I know that one to one exists, and I feel like the lazier I am, just by math, mm-hmm. the smarter I will become. Yeah, that's why I pride myself on my stupidity. It just means I'm hardworking. A latte <laughs> librarian says they killed off the only female speaking augment while she was in her pajamas. She was in less than her pajamas, I think. Persis deserved better. Three failed Bechdel tests out of five. Is Persis a Greek god? A reference that I just I don't know. Again, my stupidity. Uh, sounds like a Greek character. It sounds like Perseus, who is mm. the the guy who killed Medusa in oh, Clash that's of the right. Titans. Maybe this is just a just a a name. Grapple all of that stuff. All that stuff with them just felt so strange. All, all that yeah. inter inter. Uh, crew uh, inter augment inter augment arguing say that five, three yep. times fast <laughs> uh, that, that stuff was was all kind of like again it had big Romulan twins energy from Picard and, yes. and when you when you have that energy it means that your story is bad <laughs> yeah well, I don't know what these two are talking about let's just have them be horny for each other it's like okay, yeah it's fine yeah I'm not, yeah, I'm not opposed to the the sex on screen, but generally you kind of need a reason. Like if these two are not, if these two are Can not, we get a T-shirt of that quote. <laughs> if these two are not, I for having, one am not opposed. If on these the two record, are not, not having sex, it really wouldn't change anything about their interaction whatsoever. Right? You know, th- there's nothing yeah. about them being yeah. in a relationship that changes anything. They could just be friendly on friendly terms with each other. Yeah, Grappler Johns, although again. Her panties are intact. 
no holes in those pennies. <laughs> Grapple John Zorn says, the arguments I knew somebody was going to hit their head on one of those bulkheads and hurt themselves. I'm in agreement <laughs> with other. <laughs> it's true. It was a... See, that, like, why did, why did they do that? Because I thought, oh, he killed him. When he throws him down and he hits yeah. his head on the thing, yeah. it's like, oh, he definitely killed him. But then he gets up and he's like, oh, just a little... Little blood, a crimson <laughs> oh, mask. Oh shit, <laughs> shit! I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you went down hard, right into the corner. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that was. Someone's going to hit their head on the bulkheads and hurt themselves. I'm in agreement with the other patrons that while Mad Max mod dib is better than some Trek villains we've seen, Persis would have been more interesting choice to anchor the last act. Unfortunately, that's not what female characters were in 2004. Soong's last line drops it to a two for me. No one likes the last line. Mm. Brandon Howell says the arguments are a bunch of eternally angry teenagers and Malik representing the Zulky Paul Atreides character of the Dune series is so far up his own ass I can't see the sun type of leader and Jeremy Lucas is a scientist because he's wearing a white coat what's sillier the fashions or the plots two virulent plagues out of five two two Dune references back to back there someone's excited we're, get, we're getting That's, ready we're getting ready for it yeah Nick the Rat says, watching Archie get shat out of that tube and almost freezing to death was satisfying. Soong was way too wishy-washy about what he wants, but Spiner's great at playing a smug asshole. I wonder why. The augments die way too easily for being some kind of super smart, super powerful beings, and the lady augments dying O-face is seared into my mind. I think because her nostrils are also making O-faces. I think I saw Mayweather during the episode as well. I give this two smikes out of five. Uh, Do you think this was the first time... LeVar Burton and Brett Spiner had seen each other in like 15 years or something. No, they're good. They're good friends. They like make YouTube videos with each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're good buddies. I was wondering if, if that was one of those things where it was like, Brent, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Lamont. Is it Lamont? Lamar, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, they're, they're good. They're good buddies. Um, That's fun. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it is it is nice that they were Burton had been directing a few of these Enterprise episodes, obviously getting prepared for his uh eventual losing the Jeopardy hosting gig, I suppose. But um they've done they did Foul a play. Foul they did play. A, they did an entire web series together, interestingly, which oh, was that's fun. Kind of like a curb your enthusiasm, shitty version of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Spiner was playing the Larry David role. Um it was okay. <laughs> Rayo says, the augments, despite the episode thesis that superior ability breeds superior ambition, the augments display remarkably low ambition. Malik can't even fathom setting up a base of operations or having an army of augments to command. He'd rather gas a Klingon colony like a coward and cause the destruction of Earth at the hands of the Klingons to run away from his problems. Malik and the augments don't even seem to have a philosophy or ethos. They're just cavemen, and Malik merely opposes decisions made by Soong seemingly because Malik didn't get to make them. Malik's big speech about how Soong used to do anything it takes rings hollow too, since it's evident that Soong is about doing anything it takes to make a better humanity, of which the destruction of Earth obviously runs counter. That Soong and Malik are unable to have an intelligent debate ruins the potential of the episode. 2.5 out of 5. I think we said a lot of that. It's the uh, Al Swearingen quote, don't say back to me what I just fucking said with different fucking words. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's it. All the rest of them are just generic augments. So thank you, guys. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your comments on the episode. People seemed a little low on this one. I think the patrons averaged out to a two, probably. Oh. What are you going to give this one on a scale of one to five? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. I think it's fine. I think it's it, it does the job pretty well. Um, all things considered, 
solid wrap up. Um, but I don't. I, I think it's it suffers from a lot of the problems the show suffers from still. But uh, I think they it's it works better for me than it has in the past. Yeah, I think maybe just to balance this out, I'll I'll probably give it a two. Just I I don't mm-hmm. think it's it's like a strong two. I don't I don't think it's bad. If a lot of the patrons give it a two point five, and that like that feels right to me. It's it's somewhere around there. I think that what I what what it undoes for what I liked about Soong in the first two episodes is kind of unforgivable to me, and I think it needs to be a little sure. bit punished in the scoring. I do think that what you were saying about it's a most effective version of what Enterprise does when it does these chase things. It is pretty good at that. I think that it works in that way. Uh, but I think that just Persis not having a point, Malik not really having anything to do, and then just the the undoing of Soong in that final Soong scene is just like, okay, guys, you almost made it to the finish line. I, I'll knock it down to a two for me just to bring the average down between the two of us, I think. But what do you think of the trilogy as a whole? This is our first of these mini arc things that we're going to have more of. There's another three. The next three are the Vulcan arc coming up. I liked it. I thought it was good. It's uh, it's a nice change of, of style. Uh, I do think I, I am wary of what you were talking about, though, where if you've got three different people writing three different interpretations of one story, uh, it, it has the potential to get a little bit dicey. But yeah. um, as far as like a as far as a first attempt goes, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. <clears throat> I do wonder though, like, is this a story ultimately that you could have done in one episode? Because yeah. it kind of feels like it is. Yeah. Because uh, if you think about the first, I mean, the first episode had an entire subplot that was completely unnecessary, uh, where they go to the Orion slave place yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. As far as stretching it out over three episodes go, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was satisfying. I, I'm intrigued by it. I think it actually misses the mark on what I think is best suited for this. So the the reason the reason that it felt like they did this was because of budgetary reasons, and that is one of the reasons that they decided to do this from a production standpoint is that you can get the same actors and you can save a little bit of money, and you can usually use the sure. same sets over the course of three episodes instead of building these sets for one episode and then having to knock them all down. So in that way, this felt more like it was done for budgetary reasons than they had an idea that was too big to fit into one or two episodes. You know, like it, yeah. it didn't... I think going forward, what I would hope they would eventually discover is that you need to use the three episodes to take the big idea and spread it out and look at it differently across three episodes instead of just being like all jumbled up and just saving money on sets and stuff. I don't think that did that here because of what you're saying. That's the uh, the three writer problem. It felt like everyone had a different approach to what they wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully they kind of fix that. But I, I like the uh, this. I feel like the season is going to go by quick this way because there's not yeah. many of these you know it's like they'll it'll be over before we know it yeah i uh i would be curious to know how much money they saved on sets because if you really think about these three episodes a lot of different sets like they're very they different episodes yeah you've got the the whole orion thing in the first one you've got that whole uh, uh space station sequence in the second one and you've got uh, the Klingon. Well, I guess they're already on the Klingon ship. But yeah, yeah the, the, the ship spans one, three of, episodes. The Klingon ship is used yeah. in all three of the episodes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they are saving a couple bucks. Yeah. Just a little bit every once in a while. 
it's probably like acting stuff too. Like if the actors are there for more time, like it's cheaper. They don't have to keep coming back and stuff like that. It's you can probably book them for a smaller period of time and pay them less. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. The Vulcan arc is next. I give it a two. What is this called? It's called the augments. I give it a two. Clay gives it a three. That's it for the augments. Thank you, you very f- much for listening. Do you think uh, the guy who plays Mayweather is like got really excited that they changed to this format and they're like it's they said it's going to be easier to bring people back and showcase these actors more frequently <laughs> i'm still only in one scene across three episodes okay great excellent what happened to him is he in this one was he was he there he's there he's hanging out at the at the desk steering okay. the ship yeah oh yeah i think to paul talks to him or something hoshi and reed yeah we're definitely uh yeah i don't know well i guess this uh this is like a series ending conversation the next episode is the forge we start what Memory Alpha calls the Cyrenite arc. So, the, the Cyrenite Vul- arc. The Vulcan okay. arc. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash The Penske File. Patreon.com slash The Penske File. Go there if you want to support us even more. Thank you very much. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, keep checking out Rotten Horror Picture Show. I don't know what month we're in, but we've got some cool. Uh, the last movie at this point. That will have come out as 28 Days Later, I believe, which is a fun one to go back to. I don't think I've watched it in probably at least 10, maybe 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, on Patreon, Amanda and I are doing Friday the 13th. September is slash was, I guess it would be was at this point. Um, Jason Goes to Hell. October is Jason X. Jason Goes to Space. Uh, yeah, and uh, Badass is coming up on the end of that series, and then after the end of end of Badass, end of the end of the coverage of the Jesus Christ, the end of the animated series, which we are coming up on on Badass, will be followed by a break, and then uh, probably Batman Beyond, unless we decide we don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys doing anything for Halloween for uh, Rotten Horror? You know. I I don't know. I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, Last year we did horror themed Patreon specials. We could probably do that again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do something like that. I guess we should probably figure it out before this episode comes yeah. out because it will be into <laughs> October at that point. This one might be out in November for all I know because of how, yeah, how slow the Enterprise episodes come out. Um, well, Lower Decks is going to be ending soon anyway, so we'll see. We can do that again because I think last year we did sci-fi horror movies because we did that um, the elevator down the shaft movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, okay. We'll try that out or we'll do something similar. We'll let you know. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you later.